welcome to She Hustles Podcast, and I'm your host, Josiah Santiago Hines. I'm a registered nurse turned into an entrepreneur, and I'm here to motivate you to finding true happiness and living your best life. If you love this episode, let me know, girl. Slide into my Instagram DM. Tag me that you're listening to this episode and say, Josiah, I love this. This was super helpful. It's literally the way that I know what content to create for you. So show me love and don't forget to tag me. I would love to connect and talk with you. Today's episode is all about PCOS, which stands for polycystic ovary syndrome. One in 10 women suffer from this diagnosis. So I wanted to help educate you on the importance of lifestyle changes and to be aware of PCOS. I have a guest speaker, Letitia, who is a fellow nurse, and she is going to talk about PCOS and how she has overcome this diagnosis to stay healthy and fit. Letitia, tell me a little bit about yourself. Hey, um, so yeah, I um, am a product of a fitness journey. I've been on my own personal fitness journey for the last five years, and uh, I was diagnosed with PCOS at the age of 23. Uh, To be honest, I didn't really understand much about my diagnosis until um, the most recent years. Um, But it's influenced a lot along my my fitness and health journey. Um, So I'm a lot like you. Um, I come from a nursing background. So I was a nurse for the last 10 years and actually left um, that nursing career just like you did and started my own own business, Live Free Health Coaching. Um, I'm a certified holistic nutrition and weight loss coach. Um, And just going through my own struggles, I immediately knew that I didn't just want to give women, you know, a workout plan and a nutrition guide. Like I really wanted women to start understanding their body and what's going on and all the factors that can actually contribute to weight because, you know, the fitness industry kind of tells us it's calories in, calories out, but that's not really always the case for us. And I really think with, you know, just having a more holistic approach to weight loss and also sharing my personal journey and struggles with hormone imbalances and PCOS, I started to see that a lot of my clients were also like, hey, I have PCOS and I'm struggling too and, you know, like wanting help in that, you know, format. Um, So that's when I started really, you know, looking at like, wow, there are so many women that have this diagnosis and they're really at a loss of what to do. Um, So yeah, that kind of, (laughs) that kind of explains like, uh, you know, a little bit about me and then, you know, what I do and what I plan on doing in the future is just helping women really be empowered and understand their body so they can live a life free from, you know, the symptoms and the struggles and what has been holding them back. Wow, that was amazing. Thank you for sharing your story. And I honestly didn't know you were a nurse. So that is awesome. I love love connecting with other nurses. That's great. Um, So I know I come across a lot of women who deal with PCOS and they have no idea what to do. They struggle with so many things, especially weight loss. Can you tell us a little bit about what exactly is PCOS? Yeah, for sure. So um, PCOS stands for polycystic ovary syndrome, and hearing that 
uh, name, we would probably automatically assume that, you know, that this is a, a syndrome of cystic ovaries, but that's not necessarily always the case for um, every woman with PCOS. Sure, some women do have, um, you know, what we call the string of pearls. They have, you know, cystic ovaries, but um, it's just not always the case. It's actually a disorder that affects the metabolic and reproductive system. Um, currently, it's the leading cause of infertility, and unfortunately, 50% of those women diagnosed with PCOS are later going to be diagnosed with some cardiovascular issues and type 2 diabetes. Um, so it's a lot to be concerned about. Um, what you'll typically find as a characteristic of PCOS is um, lack of ovulation. So maybe you have an absence of a menstrual cycle or some really major irregularities in that menstrual cycle. Um, and then we also see an excess in androgens or those male trait hormones. So some of the symptoms that you're probably going to see are going to be acne, um, some hair loss or hair thinning, maybe some hair growth in some undesirable places. Um, and then we're also looking at, you know, that's going to lead to some weight gain, uh, body image issues, uh, depression, anxiety. So honestly, in my perspective, this is more than just reproductive and metabolic. Like this is an encompassing syndrome that is affecting women in all different aspects. Um, and then come to find out, it's actually really common. So we're looking at one to 10 women are diagnosed with PCOS and a lot of people are arguing that the numbers are even greater than that. They're even saying that about 50% of the women that have PCOS are going undiagnosed or maybe misdiagnosed. So, um, so it's definitely, I always tell people, if you know a handful of women, then you know someone that is affected with PCOS. So can you tell me a little bit about the struggles that you have dealt with because of PCOS? Yeah, for sure. So, you know, initially, the first thing that comes to the forefront of my mind when I think about that, uh, it's definitely going to be the weight gain. So, um, again, you know, I'm a product of a fitness and health journey. Um, I set off on that journey because I was just really exhausted with, um, you know, most of my life I've been overweight or obese, and I've had moments where I was able to lose the weight, but then I wasn't able to maintain it. I didn't understand how. And so I just went through this like yo-yo weight gain cycle. Um, and so that was just really, you know, it's really been hard for me. And of course, you know, that kind of goes into some body image issues. Um, I have also dealt with eating disorders such as bulimia, uh, binge eating and depression and anxiety. So I'm definitely one of, one of those, <laughs> those characteristics. Um, but other things are definitely going to have to be that lack of ovulation, um, menstrual cycle irregularity. So just kind of a little history. Um, I actually didn't start my first menses until I was almost 16 years old. I honestly think I was the last girl in my class. Um, so I was a really, really late uh, bloomer, if you will. And after that first menses, I went 13 months or eight months or six months, like all throughout my 20s, I never really had a regular menstrual cycle. I mean, it could be several months, it could be a few months, I just I had no clue uh, when I was going to have a cycle. I'm actually 31 now, and I'm just now getting to a regular healthy uh, menstrual cycle. So that's exciting. But, uh, but yeah, I've also dealt with the hair loss and hair thinning, um, and some acne, I get the cystic acne predominantly around my jawline. 
and uh, definitely struggle with insulin resistance, which uh, concerns me a little bit because, you know, the, the risk of having type 2 diabetes later on in life are very high for me. So um, that's a struggle of trying to, to maintain and manage that to possibly avoid, you know, that diagnosis later on as well. Many with PCOS have been prescribed birth control. Is it a myth that birth control is good for PCOS? Oh, that's a really good question. So, um, and you're right. Like that is honestly one of the top things that you get prescribed. I remember uh, like immediately following my diagnosis, that's what I was prescribed. I was prescribed birth control. Um, but I kind of know differently now. Um, honestly, in my, my short-term opinion, it's a Band-Aid. Um, it's not actually getting to the root causes of PCOS, which are going to be, you know, addressing inflammation, addressing your insulin resistance, addressing the gut, your adrenals, um, those kind of things. That's what we should be focusing on. Uh, but to understand a little bit more about that, it, it kind of helps to understand, like, birth control's purpose was is to prevent you know, pregnancy. That, that's, that's what it was created to do. And it does this by suppressing our ovulation, which ironically is what women with PCOS have, have trouble with. You know, usually our ovulation is very sporadic or, or non-existent. Um, also birth control, you know, thins the lining of the uterus. It increases, you know, mucus around the cervix to keep sperm from passing through. So, you know, that was its purpose. It really wasn't created with the purpose to improve PCOS. Um, but our doctors are <laughs> giving us um, this ide ideation that it's going to, quote unquote, calm your ovaries. That's exactly, I will, I will never forget my doctor saying that to me. It's going to calm your ovaries and it's going to balance out your hormones, regulate your cycle, all of those kind of things. Um, now, I, I will say that it can help lower testosterone, which is typically higher in uh, women with PCOS, so you, you may find some improvements there. Um, but as far as like regulating your cycle, that's just not necessarily the case. In fact, 40% of women that are on birth control do not see the return of their cycle after they come off of it. So, I mean, that tells you right there that it's not really helping us in, in, in any form or fashion. It's just kind of putting the Band-Aid on it because, uh, you know, obviously we don't know exactly what else to do at the moment. So let's just do this. And then that's how we're getting prescribed that. Um, so it's just good for your listeners to know, like maybe be a little bit more cautious about that. If, if your doctor, you know, is just diagnosed you with PCOS and then immediately wants to go to birth control, you know, maybe ask some questions and really educate yourself. You know, is that the best way to approach your, your PCOS or not? So we all know that birth control helps prevent pregnancy, but what are the cons in taking birth control? Does birth control give you false periods? Yeah, um, so um, really, really great questions there too. Um, firstly, I, I would say, you know, as far as like the pros of birth control, because I'm not gonna sit here and say, you know, don't take birth control. I, th I think it's really good just to be educated and kind of know the differences. And unfortunately, you know, your doctors don't have a whole lot of time to sit with you and, and go over all of these. Um, so, you know, pros is gonna be, you know, prevention of pregnancy uh, is definitely a pro there for people. And then um, it is shown to help reduce the risk of some certain cancers, like uterine cancers, ovarian cancers. Uh, but there's definitely some cons to consider here. And quite frankly, in my opinion, the cons are much larger risk <laughs> and much a longer list as well. So 
Um, cons, uh, even just touching on the cancer, you know, you're actually putting yourself at increased risk for, um, for other types of cancers as well, like breast cancer. Um, I know we often hear about birth control uh, causing blood clots, like those are typically some of the common things that we hear about. Um, but what we don't usually hear is kind of like understanding how birth control works. So essentially birth control is synthetic steroid hormones that are, you know, that you're taking into your body and these synthetic hormones shut off your natural hormones. So that kind of goes into, that's the reason why it's not necessarily regulating our hormones. It's not helping us balance them. It's shutting them off entirely. Um, so it's just good to kind of understand that. And like I said earlier, you know, you have 40% of women that don't have a return of their cycle after coming off of that. There's actually something called post-pill PCOS. So if you don't initially have PCOS, you could possibly have, you know, post-pill induced PCOS after coming off birth control because of that shutdown of the hormones, un unable to naturally bring that process back, those kind of things. Um, so that's definitely a risk there. Um, it's also good to know that your natural sex hormones like estrogen and progesterone, they're great for our cycle, but they also help us in other areas such as your thyroid, your metabolism, your muscles and your bones. So if we're shutting those off, then we're also causing a little bit of harm there as well, possibly. So that's something to consider. Um, we often see women that are on birth control <clears throat> tend to have underperforming thyroid issues. So if you've already got something such as hypothyroidism or Hashimoto's, which is actually pretty common for women with PCOS to also have thyroid issues, you know, that would be something that I would definitely proceed with some caution on because um, we tend to see, you know, some sluggish thyroid labs after starting birth control. Um, it's also going to increase your inflammation. So for those of us with PCOS, we have chronic inflammation anyways. Uh, you're looking at increasing that. Uh, it just disrupts the gut. Uh, the gut is actually considered our second brain. So um, not only is it important to our digestive health, but it's also important to our mental health, which I believe, you know, you know is very well. You talk a lot about, you know, mental health and anxiety, our mood, those kind of things. It's important to our immune system. So uh, birth control disrupts the gut. And let's say if you're noticing that you maybe have chronic yeast infections, that's typically because it causes that candida overgrowth of the gut. So if you're on birth control and you're having that, that's very likely going to be the cause, uh, or maybe you're just having some gut disruption. So, you know, maybe constipation, um, diarrhea, uh, bloating, belching, you know, just all of those things. Uh, it's definitely because of the the birth control is disrupting that gut, even leading to leaky gut, which is where the gut's permeable and it's not supposed to be. And so now you've got food particles or bad bugs getting into the blood system, which is supposed to be sterile. So now you're looking at a systemic, you know, situation here. So it's definitely very damaging to our health. Um, and I think it's also good for your uh, listeners just to know that birth control is actually the leading uh, prescription on the market now for nutrient depletion. So it's depleting our uh, B vitamins, selenium, zinc, magnesium, uh, all of those things. So this, you know, can actually be really crucial, especially if you plan on 
uh, going uh, to conceive later, if you're going to try to conceive later, those, those nutrients are really important. So if you are on birth control, whether you want to conceive or not later on, I just think it's very beneficial to maybe go ahead and get a good quality multivitamin or prenatal vitamin that helps bring those nutrients back in that we're depleting. Um, so that actually sounds like a whole lot of cons. There's, there's some more that can uh, go on in that process, but that's just a good list to kind of start off from. Um, so yeah. I'm so happy that you touched upon all those cons because I have been on birth control for many years and I'm finally in the process of removing myself from them because of the negative effects. Like I've had some issues with my gut, like I've had leaky gut and obviously struggling with mental illness and anxiety. I know for a fact that this birth control is definitely increasing my anxiety. So Mm -hmm. I'm super excited to, you know, go into the process of stopping it. Um, I'm kind of going a little slow because I am doing a competition and I'm afraid if I like fully just remove myself from it, I, I don't know how negatively it's going to affect me. So yeah, yeah, I'm in the process. So hopefully by the end of the year, I'll be completely off and really excited about it. That is exciting. Um, and, and as you probably know too, you know, there is a case called post-birth control syndrome. Um, so, you know, I, I don't feel like women are really being told that, you know, when, when you go into the doctor's office, whatever age you're at, um, I think a lot of us kind of started at a young age. Um, I'm like you, I've been often on birth control my whole life, it seems like, um, but they're not really telling you these times. Um, and a lot of times we don't question the doctor, right? You know, they, they know uh, our best interests are at heart. So we don't question them. So I just think it's really good for your listeners to hear this, to, you know, to hear it from, you know, women that are personally affected by it and just know all the cons because maybe they're in that position where they're considering birth control. Um, and this is just, you know, empowering them, I believe. Do you get false periods with birth control? Yes, you do. Actually, I feel like that is shocking news. A lot of women um, aren't aware of that. And to be honest, at one point in time, I was not aware either. Um, I actually posted that up on my uh, Instagram page one day and women were just like, what? You know, this is crazy. Um, But again, just kind of going back to uh, what birth control is. It's a synthetic hormone that we're putting into our body via a prescription. And it's shutting off our natural sex hormones. So, um, you know, because it's, its job is to suppress our ovulation. Um, so just kind of understanding that. And as it's shutting off those natural hormones, like there's honestly no clinical reason for you to have a bleed, um, you know, monthly, like you would with your natural period. So, um, so yeah, so essentially that bleed that you're seeing on hormonal birth control is technically a withdrawal from the synthetic steroid that you're consuming. Um, So I actually also asked my followers one day, you know, do you have a regular menstrual cycle? And the majority ruled yes, which I thought was kind of interesting because in my practice, I see a lot of women (laughs) that do not have regular cycles. And then I went a little step further and asked them, you know, those of you that have regular cycles, how many of you are on birth control? In the majority ruled, a lot of them were. Um, and so I just think it's just nice to have that understanding and empowerment about our bodies that, you know, a birth control bleed is not a true bleed like you would have if you had your natural period. 
do you struggle with losing weight? And what have people told you to do that was incorrect? So yes, weight loss is always a struggle for me. And I believe when I finally came to the understanding that, hey, this is always going to be a struggle that really helped me personally in my journey, because um, I, I didn't have that expectation that I was going to finally reach a goal weight and stay there anymore. Like I just knew that, you know, hey, this is always going to be a struggle. You're, you're going to have to create some lifestyle changes to be able to, you know, kind of maintain this if you want to stay around a certain weight or wherever your body kind of wants you to be. Um, so yeah, so I definitely struggle with weight. And then as far as, you know, what people have told me to be incorrect, the, the main thing that comes to, to my mind, and this is something I preach a lot with my clients, is eat less and work out more. Um, that can actually drive you into so many issues. It's, it's not even funny. And I just feel like we have, you know, we have these great platforms, you know, social media platforms for fitness and, you know, getting all this knowledge or, you know, out there and connecting with people. Uh, but it can also be pretty, you know, disastrous when we're, you know, using this verbiage, like eat less, work out more, you know, you should always be on the grind, always be on the hustle. You know, I feel like we have a society that kind of puts, um, you know, exhaustion as, you know, being on a pedestal, <laughs> like you, like that should be your goal. And that's just, that's just totally incorrect. And especially for those of us with PCOS, um, eating, eating less is not necessarily the answer. In fact, eating less carbs may not even be necessarily the answer. I know I've been told several times, oh, go on the keto diet. That wasn't the answer for me. Um, you know, it may be helpful for some, but again, you know, PCOS is kind of like a spectrum disorder not but I definitely just feel like uh starving ourselves or you know putting ourselves in these low deficit diets and then driving ourselves so hard in the gym is actually just going to worsen and exacerbate our symptoms then it's going to help us so um I do love the phrase work smarter not harder um so that's something that that's the mentality that I keep with myself that's the mentality that I try to you know give to my clients and just making sure that we're well fed and well fueled um and the types of food that we're eating those kind of things just taking that into account um, but that's definitely, <laughs> that's definitely what has been incorrect um, in, in my experience. What do you do now for your PCOS? Are you on any medications, supplements, or are you going the natural route? Okay, so um, a lot of things. <laughs> so, um, so I'm, I'm actually just to kind of give you a little bit of, uh, of history on the reason why I'm doing what I do now is... Um, you know, I, I started my fitness journey five years ago that led me to weightlifting, which is something I truly love. I'm very passionate about weightlifting. It's actually super beneficial for women with PCOS. Um, but I ended up getting tunnel vision um, after a few years of lifting. I really wanted to, to compete. I wanted to do a bodybuilding competition. And I did that. I actually did uh, compete as a bigger competitor last, uh, last spring. Um, but what I didn't take into consideration was how much that was going to affect my body, especially with me having PCOS. I'm already, you know, compromised with uh, hormonal imbalances, um, inflammation, and, you know, has a body that just, you know, it's just stressed from a day-to-day -day basis. And then I added on, you know, low caloric intake, vigorous workouts, high stress environment, you know, tons of cardio, 
Um, so I walked off of that stage with metabolic damage. Um, so the good thing about that, I, I do believe everything happens for a reason. Um, it helped me really understand my diagnosis more as I had to really dive into my hormonal imbalances and what is going on with my body. Um, I also believe that helps me become a better coach um, to help women really understand like what is going on. And like we said earlier, you know, just understanding the purpose on why eating less and working out more is not the appropriate answer. Um, but the, the things that I do now, um, I'm going to first start with lifestyle factors. So I really had to change my lifestyle. Sleep is something that we don't typically think about, but it's super important. That's when your body's resting and restoring. It's when it's balancing hormones. Um, you know, helping your insulin levels, you know, stabilize, like all of those things. So I had to really ensure that I was sleeping enough. Um, that's something that I wasn't doing before. So I had to make sure I had an early bedtime. I always uh, was shooting for eight hours of sleep. Seven to nine hours is typically what we're looking for. Um, so that also requires me to kind of change my habits up a little bit. You know, I had to work on stress reduction. Um, so, you know, meditation, uh, implementing yoga, uh, reducing caffeine. I actually went caffeine free for several months to kind of get my body, you know, working on its own again. Um, so that has to be um, definitely one of the top things that I've done, but I also had to address my training. So um, I obviously had to slow down a little bit on the training. So I used to go to the gym about six sometimes seven times a week, uh, which I absolutely do not recommend. But now I do weightlifting twice a week, drastically different from what I was doing. So I weightlift twice a week. I do yoga about four or five times a week. I actually find that yoga is super beneficial for my body. And with uh, not just PCOS, but the hormonal imbalances, um, I'm dealing with some adrenal insufficiencies. Um, you know, yoga has just been really helpful for me. And then as far as cardio, um, I actually stay away from vigorous cardio. Um, you know, walking is really great. It's still cardio. Um, it helps our parasympathetic system. So um, I, I do that about 45 minutes, two to three times a week as well. So that's kind of, you know, the lifestyle changes that I've had to make. And, and that was really hard for me at first. You know, you just do a little bit at a time. Um, but nutrition, of course, had to be addressed. Um so anytime that you're looking at, um, you know, addressing your hormones or even with PCOS, you really need to, to eat to support the gut. Um, so I had to remove a lot of foods that, you know, caused inflammation, that irritated the gut. Um, and also actually increase my carbohydrate intake. So a lot of times that we think about uh, low carb diets because of PCOS, and that's not necessarily the case. If you think about nutrition, uh, 70% of your nutrients are in fruits and vegetables, and those are our carbohydrates. So um, I actually had to kind of change my, my nutrition up a little bit. Luckily, I work with the dietitian one-on-one. I've been working with her for over half a year between her and my practitioner to kind of help, you know, find that balance with, uh, with my issues. Um, and then also some supplementation. So we'll kind of go into that. As far as like medications, um, I am on some medications for uh, PCOS. So first is going to be the metformin. Um, it's super common for women with PC PCOS to be diagnosed. Uh, oh, excuse me. It's very common for women with PCOS to be prescribed metformin. Um, it actually helps with your insulin resistance. So if you're the type that does struggle with insulin resistance, um, that medication can be super helpful. What I do notice, and this has been my case in the past, it disrupts your gut. 
um, and gives you a lot of digestive issues. But this time it didn't do that for me. And I really feel like that has to be because I'm addressing my gut now, where before I didn't do that. Um, so if you're struggling with your metformin, for those of you that are taking it, you know, maybe helping your gut out a little bit more can improve that. Um, I also take aldactone, which is helping with androgen excess. With that one in particular, I'm actually on it for just a very short period of time. Um, Typically, sometimes with uh, aldactone, what you can find is your androgen-like symptoms can actually come back or be worse after you come off of it. So I'm working really closely with my dietitian and my practitioner to make sure that uh, that we're just trying to get the androgen excess to go, you know, the way that we want it to go and reduce some of the symptoms that I'm having. And the reason that we know that I have that androgen excess is because I took the Dutch test. So I don't know if any of your followers are familiar with that, but the Dutch test is basically a dried urine test. You can do this at home. And currently it's the most comprehensive hormone testing that you can find. So not only does it show you your hormones, but it shows how those hormones are metabolizing and breaking down in your body. So for estrogen, for example, you have several different types of estrogen. This test is going to show you, you know, how the estrogen is breaking down. Uh, for instance, there's a certain pathway uh, that's more cancerous. So you can kind of even see like, hey, are your estrogens going more into that pathway? If they are, then you can work with a practitioner that, to help you get it into a healthier pathway. So that was super beneficial and helpful for me. Um, and then I take Ovacetol, which is a combination of two different types of Venocetol. Some women do good on just um, like mild inositol, which I was taking before, and I was doing okay, but I really found that this combination um, of acetol combines both of them, and probably not understanding one of the best ratios that you can find on the market. Um, that's helping with the insulin resistance as well, but it's also helping balance hormone levels, improve your ovary function, and get in regular menstrual cycles. So those are the like medications and supplements that I'm on. But I also want to say, um, you know, do some things naturally, so that way your followers just kind of can know about this, is seed cycling. So I don't know if you've ever heard of seed cycling, but um, it's something that I recommend all of my clients that have PCOS to do, or maybe just clients that struggle with PM PMS or um, some menstrual irregularities. So um, there are four different types of seeds that contain compounds that help uh, build up and bind hormones. Uh, those are pumpkin, flax, sesame, and sunflower seeds. So for the first two weeks of your cycle, we're wanting to boost estrogen. So pumpkin and flax seeds are going to be those seeds that help boost that estrogen. And so all you do is consume a tablespoon of each in your diet that day. Um, and then the second two weeks, um, so week three and four, we're boosting progesterone, and that's where you would bring in sunflower and sesame seed. Again, just one tablespoon of each. I mean, you can throw those on salads or in your oats or smoothies. So it's just really simple and effective. Um, about four months after doing seed cycling, I noticed that my uh, my menstruation was regulating. Like I can actually tell when I'm ovulating now. I can tell when I'm gonna have, you know, my period. It's just amazing to finally have that information 
But even with my clients, I've had clients with severe PMS where they couldn't get out of bed. And now because of feed cycling, they're able to go on about their day like it's any other day. So um, so that's just something really good for your followers to know. You know, if they want to try something more on the natural route, this is very gentle. It's safe. Um, but definitely, you know, look into feed cycling. So you're consuming pumpkin flax, uh, sunflower, and sesame seeds throughout your month. Is there any advice that you have for others struggling with PCOS? Yes, of course. Um, you know, firstly, it's just don't lose hope. Uh, don't lose hope. I, I feel, and I've been here before too, and I know that a lot of other women with PCOS have kind of gotten through that victim mindset, like where you just feel doomed, where you feel like you can't conceive or you can't lose weight or, you know, just whatever your symptoms are you feel like that defines you and there's there's no way that you can get away from it um and so I just want you to know that there, there's hope out there and sometimes you know that takes getting out of that fixed mindset and going into what we consider like a growth mindset and become your own hero so you know whether that means learning more about your diagnosis or um you know asking more questions or speaking to your doctor a little bit more and just advocating for your health and your body. Um, you know, if your doctor isn't that helpful, maybe seek the help of a different doctor. And actually, I believe the average um, is currently around seven. It takes about seven doctors for women with PCOS to finally find a physician that's truly helping them. Um, but, but that all starts with you. So you have to get out of that you know, I'm doomed kind of mindset and just like, know, like, hey, there, there is hope. Um, I can take control of my body. I can educate myself. I can advocate for myself. Um, and as far as resources, there's, there's tons of doctors out there that I love when it comes to hormones and PCOS. But um, there's actually a book by uh, Dr. Fiona McCullough that uh, it's called Eight Steps to Reverse Your PCOS. I believe you can find that on Amazon uh, very easily. And um, that is an amazing book. I feel like once you get diagnosed, they should be handing that book out to you. Um, so if you don't fully understand uh, what your diagnosis is or what you can do, she does a really great job of explaining the diagnosis, the different types and those root causes so you can address those. Um, and then just also just knowing that the PCOS community is growing every day. Um, we're very lucky to have uh, this, this social media platform where we can connect with women from all over. And just knowing that there's a community out there that has your back, whether we're doctors or nutritionists or dietitians or coaches, you know, we're all out here advocating for you and trying to share that information and helping you through the tough times, you know, whatever it is, like you're not alone at the end of the day. Um, and there's just a lot of, you know, really great events that you can get active in. Um, I'm actually going to Orlando this September for the PCOS weekend. Um, so like there's just a lot of, you know, there's a lot more support out there. Um, if you allow yourself to find that support. So I will be honest, in the earlier years of my diagnosis, I had no clue. You know, I kind of just was like, oh, I have PCOS. You know, this is why I can't lose weight. This is why I have no hope. Uh, but once you can crawl out of that hole and get active in the community, ask questions and advocate for yourself, you're going to be in a much better place with your body and your diagnosis. Thank you so much, Letitia, for being a part of She Hustles. Letitia is the true definition of she hustles. She knows what she wants and she goes for it. 
If you are currently struggling with PCOS, please go follow Letitia for some amazing tips and education on how to take care of your health. Thank you so much for listening. If there are any special topics you'd like me to go over, please don't hesitate to email me at josirafitness at gmail.com and make sure to drop a review and subscribe. Have a blessed day.